K-A-L-W. Welcome back to another episode of Uncuffed. I'm Greg Eskridge, and as always, I'm coming to you from the San Quentin side of the program. I got a unique group of cats up in here with me today. I'm going to go ahead and start my right. Introduce yourself. Um, this is Brian AC, and I'm glad to be here. This is Juan Haynes, and I'm glad to be a part of Uncuffed. And we have a special guest here today, Mr. Tommy Shakur Ross, back down in the Uncuffed studio. Yeah. You know, minus <laughs> the prison blues. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to the people. That's Shakur. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, I'm excited to be in here. You know, it's, it's really an honor to come back in here, and, you know, and be amongst people I really care about. You know, just be able to connect with you, look you in your eyes and see the smiles and know that it's real, know that it's genuine. You know, it, it just feels great to be here, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, welcome, <laughs> well, welcome back. All right, now, for those that don't remember or don't know, Tommy Shakur Ross is one of the founding members of Uncuffed. And today he's coming back as a free man to lend that amazing voice to the program. So, Ross, actually, so t- talk to the people. So how long have you actually been gone, Ross? Man, I've been gone for about a year and a half. I got out in April last year, and here we are going into what? November? Tomorrow. Man, so you've been gone over a year. Yeah. Does it seem like, does it seem like you've been gone a year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 is, it does feel some, some distance. I, I do feel some distance, but... I, I'm still, I still feel connected. So how does it feel to, to walk back down into the studio, sitting in front of this microphone? How does that feel, bro? Talk to me. When I see you, I want to hug you, but I can't hug you. Exactly. But I want to hug you because it's so familiar. And it's like almost like when the, when the yard is down, do, do I get down? But I know I don't get down, but it, it's just that sense of familiarity where I'm like, well, I feel a part of the environment, but I'm no longer a part of the environment, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's, it, 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 I definitely get it. You know, because, you know, I'm in here every single day. And so I see you every day because I'm looking at this picture of you on the <laughs> wall that we still have up there yeah. that we took way back, like in 2014, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. So I see you every day. But to see you now outside of those prison blues with a sweater on and some slacks on and a T-shirt with a guest pass. You got a guest <laughs> pass, man. You are a guest in here now. <laughs> How do you go from a resident to a guest, man? Like that, like that just, that sounds crazy. I know it does, it does. I mean, th- but that's just it. Uh, Juan, Brian, yeah. you guys, I want you guys to join in on this conversation because you guys <laughs> so, have known, you guys have known Shakur a long time too. So um, I was, I remember um, going to a restorative justice meeting and then you were like, pretty much on your way out. How, how did your transformation in your head, how did that take place? So I, I spent close to 37 years in prison. I'm, you know, one thing I learned is, you know, in math, you round up when it's closer to the top <laughs> as opposed to when it's to the bottom. So I'm gonna say 37 years incarcerated. But I can tell you uh, the journey, it was, a, it was a journey from all the way from like day one. You know, I mean, because the things happened in my life was so personal to me, it impacted me in ways that just shook me 
uh, to the core and, and, and I was forced to change who I was. And so like like within that, uh, I wanted to change, but then I don't know what change looked like. But I would, I would ultimately say, uh, during that journey, uh, it became the spiritual thing. It became, uh, it became staying strong mentally, physically, and spiritually in honor, you know, of my mother and little brother. That was my God in life. That was like my lighthouse that kept me focused. But, but along that journey, you know, Islam, right? You know, different programs here and there. But ultimately, when I got here to San Quentin, when I was able to really do the introspection, you know, go back and just look at, you know, the childhood traumas and take ownership and accountability, you know, for the harm that I caused and understanding what motivated me to commit those crimes, you know. So that was that was that was that was ultimately what I really appreciate because the skills that I learned in here, mm -hmm. I've definitely uh, been put to test out there. That was kind of like um, my next question. How did how does that help you today? Uh, some of the expectations, you know, or fears that I had, like, you know, prior to getting out were, uh, like, am I going to be able to find employment, housing, like, what would transportation look like? I'm paroling in Oakland, but I'm from L.A., you know what I mean? So I had these fears, uh, but none of those fears came to light. Like, it was the exact opposite for all of that, except for one thing, like, I'm going to call it, I'm a, this is a new term, because I know you ain't heard this one before. Car violence. Mm. Mm. What is that? <laughs> Man, I don't know if you're familiar with insurance and claims, but I will tell you that since February of 2023, until right now, I have five open claims. And there's been eight separate incidents with this car. I have a 2023 Kia. Right, Forte. Right, it's a sporty little car. Right, <laughs> I have to. I have to go from place to place and, and, and have that. It did symbolize freedom for me, <laughs> but it's also, <laughs> but it's also a car that people break into. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so like in downtown Oakland, my car window uh, on my on, on my driver's side has been broken into three times. Right, uh, my windshield a couple of weeks after that was bashed in below my front apartment. So I'm in this victim stance, like I'm feeling like it's really impersonal. You know, you come out and see your your, 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 uh, your window broken out and people just going and running to your stuff. Things came up for me, right? And so I understand what it, what it, what it, what it, what it feels to be, you know, uh, uh, victimized, right? I mean, I understand from my childhood, but even to, ex to constantly experience it and then experience something so impersonal as someone bashing in my front windshield, man, I'm gonna tell you, I was in, I was in my emotions when I was like, <sighs> I was feeling it, man. I was ready to some stuff up, but I told myself, but I can't, but I can't. <laughs> I was like, I would, this city up. Right, I was. That's how I was feeling, though. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was just in it for a while. Mm -hmm. But I was aware of what I was feeling. I was aware of what I what I was expressing, right? And that gave me perspective, mm -hmm. and I, perspective that I needed because a week later, after that, I found somebody inside my car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, <laughs> so what you do? What so check this out. I'm coming down. Cause I'm getting ready to go on a run. It's like six thirty in the morning. Yeah, come down, 
And uh, I'm, I go and I look at my car because it's parked on the side street. And somebody's in my car. So I, so I look over at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the woman, right? And I just say, I just, say, just go. Because it was just, it was the, it was, I wasn't really angry at her. It was the conditions of the environment, right? Mm -hmm. That entailed that, mm -hmm. right? So it was the conditions that I was that, that 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 made me feel really angry. I was able to respond differently to this woman in my car based on the emotion that I was able to connect with the week before. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing to be in here, to be doing the work, right? And to be able, oh, I know what anger looks like. I know what shame looks like. I know what guilt looks like. And yeah, we got an idea of what it looked like, but <laughs> when was the last time you was really yeah. in that, like in that? Yeah. Throughout my t whole entire sentence, I was I was never in that emotion. Yeah. Never. Mm -hmm. So that was that emotion pre-prison yeah. that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I learned how to I learned how to work through that. And so me, that's what lets me know that that that, that like the work, you know, we know what the work is, right? Right. It it really works because I was able to tap into who I am today. I, I didn't act out in violence. I'm going to tell y'all, man, uh, one thing that really resonated with me when I was experiencing this is I did think of y'all. But I mean, think of y'all, think of uh, the people I left behind that's still in prison. And I know that, uh, you know, I look at it like, like my success is your success. And your success is my success. Here it is. They let me out of prison, you know, after committing some horrible crimes. And I never thought I'd get out. And so, God forbid if I was to get out and do something violent, right, then it, would, it, would, it could possibly close the door to others. You know what I'm saying? So, so when I think, I think that, I, that I have a responsibility and an obligation. So just being up in here and, and, and hearing... Hearing about the crime out there, seeing the crime on television every day, like, has there been a shift in your thought process when it comes to crime and punishment now that you're out? No, it just it just makes me it just makes me sad because I'm telling you, it's, it's about the conditions, and I and I know the conditions. I live the conditions, and then to see the conditions, you know, to be on the other side of it, because I mean, it's not about more police. I mean. If anything, it's, it's, it's about more training. When I think about it, you know, if we can address the conditions, then maybe they wouldn't be, we wouldn't have to worry about crime and punishment to that to the extent that we worry about it. Yeah, yeah so, so what do you mean by conditions? Poverty. 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 <laughs> Homelessness, right? When you look around and you see, it makes no sense where this is supposed to be what type of country Right? Yeah. The greatest country in the world. Yeah. Right? You go through the city, any city, and you see people laying in the streets, laying there. Yeah. Laying there. Right? How can you, how can, how can, how can you not feel that? How yeah. can you not? When you go by uh, uh, encampments where, where it was like burnt out. Right. Mm -hmm. In an ideal world, if you were tackling in this problem of poverty, of homelessness, um, where does it where does the solutions lie in your opinion? Solutions. So, man, <laughs> that's a good question, right? So that's one of the things I want to brainstorm with y'all when it comes to solutions, right? Because 
I'm going to tell you right now, for me, it's about survival. One of the things that I'm doing is, like, I'm working with the city of Oakland, the inspector general, you know, meeting with them, you know what I mean, uh, or creating summits and things of that nature, right, where we can talk about uh, public safety, right, and things and coming up with solutions to, uh, to crime, the very subject that we're talking about right now. Right. Man, Shakur, that's a lot. That, that's a lot to take in. It makes me, it makes me wonder. You know, sometimes I'm, I walk on the yard and, and I see this mountain up here, Mount Tamapias, and I always ask myself, I wonder what type of problems they have up there on that mountain, right? And I've always, always been curious about the problems that people have in society. Because we have problems up in here, but it's nothing like being out in the world. And just so just hearing you talk about the car, the break-ins, and just all the different things, it makes me really realize like this is the world that I'm trying so hard to get out there too. And it's like, man, like I'm about to leave prison and then go out there into another set of circumstances that I'm totally unfamiliar with. Yeah. That's crazy to even think that. I mean, just hearing you say Mount Tam, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that on the 21st uh, of this month that I, I went to the summit of Mount Tam, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I did have, a, you know, the dream of climbing Mount Tam. So let me just be clear. The first time I looped Mount Tam. And then I went towards the center and then climbed to the, to the top. The next time, I'm going from the bottom to the top, right? And then from the bottom to the top and from the top to the bottom. Is there anything, Shakur, that you miss about prison? Anything that I miss about prison? Wow. I miss y'all, man. Mm. I do. I do. You know, I mean, again, it's about the people I left behind. Mm. Like, I always think, like, because I'm knowing, like, you in, you in here doing the work, right? And and, and, I, and I tell people, like, I, I bet my life on it, you know what I mean? Because uh, I know where I come from, and I know the change that I made, and I know that I've been given a second chance, and again, I'm not going to blow it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not just thinking about myself, because I'm thinking about y'all as well. So when those moments come up, you know, I'm proud of the way that I handled that, right? But because I'm because because now I see myself as like, yeah, like I am a peacemaker. Like that's my identity now. You know, I'm not about being violent. You know what I mean? And so again, like when things come up, I think I think of where I come from. Not just myself, but also those that I left behind. Because I want to see y'all out here. And anytime I come in here and I hear somebody been found suitable, I don't care who it is, my soul sings. I dance just like I danced on the day I got out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. So what advice would you give me um, nice. knowing that I just got found suitable? What would you tell me right now? I would tell you prepare for people coming up to you, asking you for stuff. Uh, prepare for people saying, are you, are, you, are you gone yet? You know, are you still here? Uh, how many more days you got? I mean, I mean, you can you can receive that in a way that okay, okay, I'm yeah, that can be expected. But I know that I didn't really expect it, and, and sometimes it used to irritate me. But then I, I then I thought about like to be in a position to receive that, you know, is, is a blessing in and of itself, you know. And also, uh, I would say just continue to stay true to who you are, you know, no matter what. Yeah, yeah I want to let you know I really appreciate 
everything you've done for me um, from the beginning. I know um, your stories would spark my change. So um, I don't know if I can put it into words, but you know how I feel about it. Yeah. So thank you. It's all good. One of the things that I really appreciate is uh, the challenges that we went through, you know, while I was in here. The challenges, you know, challenges aren't so bad. Because, you know, you learn and you grow and you're able to, like, like, like make amends and be on the other side of the challenges. Just like I was talking about resentments, you know what I'm saying? Those things help us grow. And so I want to say, like, uh, in the past, I don't recall having any issues with either one of y'all. But if there was some challenge that we had in the past, man, I want to say, man, thank you. Thank you for showing up the way that you showed up because the way you showed up inspired me to show up. All right? No matter what way that looked like. Right, right. All right? Yeah. Definitely. All right. All right, Thank Rafa, you. You are, you're officially uncuffed. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Officially, huh? Officially uncuffed. Uncuffed, unconfined, undefined, and all Man, that. all of that. <laughs> Everything that has to do with freedom. Man. That's what you are. Man. Okay. Yeah. And I can't wait for y'all, man, to get out and join me. Absolutely. Now, Shakur, you're on your way to over, across the bay, over there to Solano. We're going to check in with the guys over there. Yep, going to see what Solano's talking about. Solano uncuffed. Here I come. All right, this is Uncuffed from the Solano side. And this is Brian Mazin. And I'm uh, joined by... Anthony Stick Talk Ivy. This is Jay Evans from the Heavens, baby. And we are joined by a very special guest, Tommy Shakur Ross, San Quentin, alumni Uncuffed. But today I'm on the Solano side of Uncuffed. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor. It's, it's a humbling experience. It's just been an amazing journey. Like when I got out, I thought that I would have difficulty, you know, uh, finding work. I thought that, you know, there'd be this this stigma about me being a criminal and not being able to connect with people in the community. Uh, yeah, so there were some challenges initially that I thought, but when I got out, I didn't experience any of that. I'd already put together, uh, you know, a community of support, and I didn't have any problems finding work. Uh, today, I actually hold down four jobs. Four jobs. Now, why don't you tell me what those are? <laughs> well, I have a full-time job where I work for GRIP, God and Rage and the Power, and I go back into the prisons. I go back into San Quentin and Solano Prison. And uh, I also have a job with our joy, Restorative Justice for Oakland Youth, where uh, I do a formerly incarcerated circle on Mondays. And I also do work with Uncuffed. I feel really fortunate because I'm a part of a guaranteed income program where 35 formerly incarcerated people get $1,000 a month for a year. And then for additional six months, we'd be given $500. But in terms of... Uh, the work, I can tell you, it does get real. So I, so I'm, I'm just now coming up on tax season. I don't know what that's gonna look like, <laughs> but I, I, but I'm gonna tell you, I, I got know some what it like. <laughs> It'd <laughs> be ugly. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to come back to prison for tax evasion. I can tell you that. <laughs> there will definitely be some garnishments. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, uh, one of the things that 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 I really appreciate when I got out was when I when I got my first check. When I was able to look in my phone, in the in my in the, in, the, in the app that I have for my credit user, my bank, and see that the, that the money had been deposited. I had a plan when I got out that yeah, I want to focus on uh, 
housing. I want to focus on employment. And I can also say that the one thing like that was in my plans that I uh, didn't do until later was medical. Go get my medical set up, you know. And and I was kind of slow at getting that done, but I eventually got it done. First, that should be first. <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had it. I had it. Is is one of the things I wanted to do first. But what? But another thing is, I'm finding that uh, in terms of uh, transitioning back into society, I have to like scaffold the things that I do. If that makes any sense, mm -hmm. it's like I have to focus on like like I'm not in any committed relationship right now. Relationships is not uh, a priority in my life, right? I mean, not, uh, uh, I'm talking about romantic or intimate relationships. And so uh, I'm not focused on that. I'm, I'm focused on like, like being a successful reentry into society. I'm focused on saving my money so I can buy a house. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that I'm focusing on now as opposed to like a relationship. Yeah, a relationship putting that first would be kind of put a, put everything else on hold, kind of. What was it like uh, working this new infrastructure out there as far as computer skills and, and communication skills and, and certain aspects of it? Okay. What was that like? Well, I can tell you, technology is still something that uh, I find to be challenging because now they have hybrid meetings where, you know, you can meet on Zoom, Google Meet, or you can meet in the office twice a week or something like that, right? And so what that requires is learning how to uh, set up the, the Zoom app or the Google Meet app, you know, and things of that nature. So technology is, is, a really, is a really huge thing that has been really challenging for me. Like they have Google Docs. All right, Stick Talk here. I was wondering when you got out the first couple weeks, did you have any like nervous breakdowns, anxiety? Well, I sort of had things lined up. Like, you know, I had job offers prior to me getting out of prison. So I felt, I felt, you know, I was, I, I felt I was coming out uh, from a place of empowerment. Like for instance, I had a, a circle of support and accountability team, which means that I had 20 people sign contracts saying that they would meet with me twice a month for the first six months, and then once a month for an additional six months. But it turns out I only needed them for 10 months. So I had uh, visions and goals prior to me coming out of prison that I just went into, and that just showed me that if you stick to uh, you know, the plans that you have, if they're realistic and you follow through with them, success. Shakur, I was uh, wondering, you know, being in prison for so long, people get institutionalized, and there's there's habits you pick up and there's mores you live by and and whatnot. And tell me, was there any residuals uh, that affected you when you got out when uh, when you're living the, the life out in public or certain ways you've seen things or done things that you could maybe point something out to us? You know, one of the things that really stands out to me about that is the thought process. The thought process remains the same. Like I'm just. Ain't nothing changed but the clothes. So you looking at me now, I'm not wearing blue. You know, uh, the thought process is still the same. And I think I can, I think I can give you uh, an example, an ideal that you can relate to 
because what it, what it boils down to is how do you utilize the tools or the coping skills, you know, that I learned on the inside. And to sum it up in a way that I'm thinking that you can understand is, uh, let me say, the DMV don't got nothing on the canteen line, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right, right. Or, or rush hour traffic don't got nothing on the child line. Right. So to give you an idea, uh, based on being in, inside a prison and having an opportunity to really uh, do the work, and uh, learning how to utilize the, the coping skills and the tools that I had on the inside, I'm able to use them on the outside. And I can tell you, the world is a much better place when I think about the formerly incarcerated crowd, just in general. Like, if, 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 if we're going to an event or something, it's just, it's just the chill way. Like, you'll see, it's hard to describe. But I can tell you, like, everybody in the room is chill with their families, and we're just there. We're just having a good time. Everyone's dressed good. Everyone is uh, being successful for all intents and purposes. What I'm hearing is that, there, you know, you're a positive addition to society, and people that formerly, a majority of the formerly incarcerated that do a, a specific amount of time that get out are an addition. They, they enrich the community. They enrich the public. And you guys, uh, men and women, um, make the environment a better place. Yes. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. What's up, Bobby? Talking about uh, habits and uh, being in prison and out of prison, how is it like in a workplace of coming from being in prison and being told with like an iron fist and being on the streets dealing with the bosses on the streets. Oh, man. So, so I can give you an example of that. In, 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 in prison, for instance, like if, if, if I want to say something, I probably will bite my tongue because I'm in prison, right? And I understand that it can have an impact and it can, it can create riffles in the program, you know, and it's not about me in that setting. So I'm gonna just keep those comments to myself. But when I'm out, and things are going on with me, I can be like, hold up, no, I ain't feeling this. No, right? I'm cool with this. You know, I can I can speak my mind. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to when I when I was on the inside, I, I had to bite. I still have to bite my tongue. Like when it comes, you know, and things of that nature. You just have to be mindful. Right. Not which isn't to say like I'm gonna get in anybody uh, in any way disrespectful. It's just that in some instance, you know, I, I feel free to speak my mind. As opposed to when I was in prison, I'd be like, no, I'm not, I mean, it may not be cool to say that. You know what I'm saying? All right, this is Jay. Brother Shakur, what's a moment in your last year of work you're really proud of? Wow, that's a deep question because the work that I do intersects. But I can tell you, of all of the jobs that I work, it all involves either those who are incarcerated or those who are formerly incarcerated. One of the things that really resonate with me the most right now is when I go in uh, with grip, and I go in and I sit in the I sit in this this group setting with 35 or 40 individuals, and uh, you know we really have an opportunity to connect and create a safe container. It's like that's where the work is. That's like ground zero, and and it's humbling to me because. It reminds me that to, 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 to stay humble because I can easily be back in prison. But I also look at it as 
your success is my success. And my success is your success. You doing all these jobs, do you ever get exhausted? Well, let me say this. The reason I'm capable of holding down all these jobs is based on me being incarcerated and holding down all those programs on the inside. I mean, and, and I was involved in so many different groups. And not to mention the uh, lunch, the radio program in 2012 that metamorphosed into Ear Hustle and Uncuffed. So I can tell y'all, self-care is really prominent in my life. On Sundays, I have what is called a self-care Sunday. And what that means is, and it's like a, I can push the reset button every week. Shakur, I would like to thank you for coming in and sharing everything with us today. It's really good to see you in civilian clothing, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was an honor uh, having an opportunity to come in on the Solano side of Uncuff. Yeah, man, I'm glad you came through and, uh, you know, dropped some game on us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you as well, my brother. I'm in the process of writing out my own parole plans. And uh, you definitely gave me more things to think about. And I appreciate you. Stay strong out there. And that's a wrap for this episode of Uncuffed. You can find Uncuffed on the radio at KALW 91.7 FM at weareuncuffed.org. Or you can subscribe to Uncuffed in any podcast player. The Uncuffed crew at Solano State Prison is B.F. Thames, Anthony Ivey, Jay Evans, and me, Brian Mazza. The Uncuffed crew at San Quentin is Greg Eskridge, Brian Pagan, Brian A.C., Juan Haynes, Steve Brooks, Timothy Hicks, and Anthony Carvalho. Thanks to the team at KALW Public Radio, Nina Gensler-Debs, Angela Johnston, Sonia Paul, Kathy Novak, James Rowlands, Hakeem Owen, Eli Workshafter, and our sound designer, Eric Maserati E. Abercrombie. And our theme music is by David Jossi. And thanks to the staff at San Quentin and Solano who make this possible, especially Lieutenant Guerrero and Lieutenant Barry, who approved this episode. We fact-checked everything to the best of our ability. Uncuffed gets its support from the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Thank you for listening.